title of my message tonight is, um, what is my title? You are who God says you are. Say it. I am who God says I am. And that's got to be drilled in us. Because as Sandra was saying earlier, there's an enemy that wants to tell you that you're not who God says you are and that you're a no good, worthless piece of stuff. Amen? And you're not. You're created in the image of God and God has made you a person who is to live and experience life on top and not underneath. And we've, we've got to know that and it's got to be built in us. So in these three verses here, this year, there are in, on Vision Sunday, we're going to share it. But in these three verses, there is, there is ministry that is equipping everybody to do the work of ministry. Everybody's called to minister. A lot of times, though, we go 11 to 13 and think that the pulpit here, people that teach the Word are going to equip you until you become perfect. And then you do ministry. 11, 13, 12. In all actuality, it's 11, 12, and 13. You get the Word, you begin to be equipped, you begin to be a follower of Jesus, and then you disciple and minister to other people. And that, to another level, we're taking what Gates of the City is all about. That everybody in this church is in ministry. Everybody. We're here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to the edifying of the body of Jesus Christ. Great commandment, great commission. We're going to take it to another level. Can you say amen? So we're going to talk about that on Vision Sunday. Sunday morning and Sunday night both. So be here. Okay, tonight, what's the title of my message? You are who God says you are. Um, question. How many in the last three days can say you made a mistake? You did? Man, we're supposed to be perfect people. Right? So, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Was the mistake so bad that it disqualified you? Don't raise your hand when I ask you this. That it disqualified you from being used by God. Think about it. Well, it really doesn't matter what the mistake was. There's not a mistake that you've ever made or ever will make that disqualifies you from the kingdom of God. And from being used by God in your life to make a difference. We're the difference makers you and I are the difference makers. We're put on this planet to make a difference. And we've got to know that we are who God says we are. So follow me in Scripture tonight. And tonight and next Wednesday, I'm, I'm going to share with you this word in possibly the last Wednesday. I have done three Wednesdays left this month? Yes. Three Wednesdays in January. And then starting in February, we're going we're to teach foundation. Um, so, I'm going to run through a number of scriptures tonight, and I want you to think about a few things that I'm going to say to you. I've got, 
several statements that I want to make to you, and I really want you to think about this tonight. But Genesis chapter 1, we're going to go all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, sounds like you guys are nervous. Um, <clears throat> there's something that we have to see. We've got to see this really clearly. And I've said this to you before, and I'm, th- this, there's no exaggeration in this statement. But if you don't see yourself from Genesis 1 and verse 26, if you don't see you in there, if you don't, sometimes if you have a paper Bible that you use, you need to, you need to write in, in that passage right there, you need to write your name in there that you were created in the image of God. Because if you don't, you don't see yourself through that image, you'll be talked out of it all through life. That you were just, you know, created as a, as a nothing or that, you know, God missed it with you. God never made a mistake with anybody. Amen? Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, the deer, Over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, right? So, every fish, every bird, every buck, right? Every cow, every creep, we have dominion over, do we not? Everybody. Everybody's been created in the image of God and God's given us authority and dominion over everything. And how much is everything? Everything. And if we've been given dominion over everything, there's not anything we don't have dominion over, but we got to know that we have that dominion. And if you don't know that you have that dominion and walk in that dominion, you'll never become who God created you to be. Amen? He has a plan and a purpose. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over everything that moves on the earth God gave us dominion everything everything God gave us dominion go to the New Testament Ephesians chapter 2 Talking about that we are who God says we are. Tonight I'm not, my title is not a question. Are you who God says you are? I'm telling you, you are. Say, I am. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship. We are his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus for just whatever. No. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God predestined beforehand that we should walk in those good works. 
I am, Bert Wimberly is, I am his workmanship. I've been created and molded and recreated in Christ Jesus to live my life for good works, which God prepared beforehand that I should walk in those good works. I wasn't an accident. You weren't an accident. You were created with a purpose and with a plan, and God gave you a passion to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he put you here to accomplish. And he, and he not only created you, but then he recreated you in his image, in his likeness, to fulfill the calling and the purpose on the earth that he has for you. Not just that we have for ourselves, that we dream up for ourselves, but, the, but that he has for us. Now, um, there's something about a person really believing that. If I believe that I was created in the image of God, if I believe that I was created and recreated in His image, and in his likeness, and with a purpose and a plan and a passion to go with it. He, he, he didn't leave anything out. He didn't make a mistake. If that's really true, then I should be able to accomplish all that he created me for. I should be able to. Because if he's given me the ability, and there is no lack in God, and God never makes a mistake, and he never has made a mistake, then I should be able to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he put me here for. Is that true? So, I, I want to look at a couple things because these things are important. Because why, why we don't, why people don't, I mean, and, and I, I've read a number of statistics, that most people go to the grave never fulfilling the plan of God in their life. Most people go to the grave unfulfilled, even just in the natural, not liking what they're doing, not liking their life, not liking, you know, the purpose that they have on life because so many people don't have purpose. But God created us with purpose. He created us with a plan. He put his will on the inside of us, and he wants to bring it to pass, right? So you are today 2,000 and 14, we're people that are going to live aligned and see promises fulfilled, promotions granted, and see increase by the Spirit of God, right? If, uh, if you, I, I always see this this way when I, when I think of alignment. Um, Justin, you guys, do you guys have, do you have like, uh, grain that people can come and like put like in a like in a silo of some like a small looking silo somebody can park underneath it or back up into it and then you can dump it in in there okay I always have a picture when I think of an open heaven I think of it like a silo full of a bunch of stuff when I was years ago uh, I worked for a coffee company and I would it was a restaurant service coffee company called Farmer Brothers Coffee and I would drive from, I'd drive about 1,300 miles a week 
when I lived in the Rio Grande Valley all the way to the South Padre Island and all the way around. And I had, I don't know, hundreds of restaurants that I would stop at and, and deliver coffee and spices and all our goods and that kind of stuff. Well, they, they flew us out to Van Nuys, California to their, their company stores. It, actually, that company is still owned by the Farmer family, Roy Farmer. And, and they still own it to this day. I saw it, I saw it on their website the other day. They're still owned by, by the family that started it in the, in the late 1800s. And uh, I had the privilege of working for this company. So when we went out there, they had these massive silos full of different coffee beans. And they would, they would decide the different brew or blend of coffee by which groups of beans went together. And so, so they would hand-pick, <laughs> Roy Farmer himself would hand-pick every bean, deciding how many beans of one group would combine with another group that made a certain blend or brew of coffee. And so when they decided that, then they'd roast, you know, thousands of pounds. And they would back these little, these, they, were, they looked like little miniature trucks. And they would back them up under that silo and unload it. But it had, a, they had, it had this, long, um, this long cylinder that this little bitty truck pulled all these coffee beans with so they'd get it to the roaster so that they could do it. And... I always, I saw that and I've always had this, this, this vision that if one day one of those little trucks had pulled up under that silo and, or he'd pulled up to the left or the right of the silo and they thought the truck was there in that, that, that big long uh, yeah, conveyor thing was there and, it, and, and, and they thought it was going into that whole chute and yet the truck wasn't in the right position, that those beans would just go everywhere. And then trying to clean that mess, I mean, it's thousands of pounds of beans, and trying to clean all that mess up because it wasn't positioned would be somebody's fault. And what happens is that we don't get positioned in our thinking. You are who God says you are, even if you don't believe it. <laughs> but when you believe that you are who God says you are, you align yourself in a position, in a place to receive the load so that what you receive, you're able to accomplish all that He put you on the planet to accomplish. You like that little story? Good visual right? We've got to align ourselves in our thinking in this year 2014. It's promises fulfilled, promotions being granted, and increase to those who are willing to have their thinking right. We're going to do everything in this body to make sure that you get your thinking right. Amen? Tonight, I'm telling you, you were created in the image of God. You were molded and developed into what he wanted. He didn't make a mistake. And he wants you to fulfill his plans and purposes so your thinking has got to line up with what he says, not just with what you think. Amen? Tonight, we're just going to get through that. So, um, most of us, 
most of us, and I got a list of several things, most of us, our thinking has been prepared and developed through, number one, our parents, what their words and examples are, um, number two, teachers of all kinds like school teachers or whatever, and through the attitudes and the comments that people would make. Anybody ever remember some negative comment that a teacher gave you or somebody that was authority in your life? Anybody ever remember that? I can, there's a number of things that I can remember. And you know, what happens is those thoughts and ideas from people that are in a place of authority begin to frame the way we think about ourselves. And, and most of the time, especially when it's negative, it doesn't line up with this. So you begin to think you're something that God didn't create you to be. I'm telling you tonight, you are, you are who God says you are, whether you believe it or not. And, 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 and now I want you to repeat this after me. And I believe what God says about me and the past is in the past. Can you shout amen? All the past stuff is trying to tell us one thing. Those things are in the past. We're declaring today that we are who God says we are. Amen? Religious teaching can frame and, and mold your thinking. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of religious man-made thinking and ideas about God that are not true. Certain prejudices that we have frame our mind and our world. And certain limits that people gave us in our life saying that you can't go past that. Well, you know, your, your brother could do that, but you can't do that. You know, this guy did that, but you know, hey, that's never been done before, so you'll never accomplish that. There's limitations that people have put on our lives. We've got to renew our minds. We've got to get set free of that and delivered of it. And you know what? Only you can decide by the Spirit of God, where you need to make changes. And where one person needs to change in their thinking, the next person may not. You may not have an issue that your neighbor has an issue with. So it's your responsibility yourself to learn to hear God and draw from His Word what is truth and what you're believing that is not true. Get rid of it so that you back your little truck up right under the silo, bam, so God can deliver. Amen? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Whether they get it or not, God. No, I'm kidding. No. So, think about this. A few verses. Proverbs 23. <clears throat> Proverbs 23. Gosh, I feel like I'm talking really loud, right? No, it's okay. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in his heart, that's the way he is. So, in other words, what you're, you know, when it says, as a man thinks in his heart, if, if you remember somebody in your life telling you you were a loser at five years old, and you've kept that, 
through the years and nobody's told you any different and you haven't worked at changing that thought process, then that's down, not, that's not just in your head, that's down in your heart. And now you view life through loser. Now get this, here's what happens. God had a plan for you before you were even thought about. I'll say it again. Before you were even thought about. Eons of time before you were even thought about, God had a plan for your life. The Bible says that. So if he had a plan and a purpose and gave you passion to fulfill that, but at five years old somebody said you were a loser, could that hinder you from finding out what his plan was? See, because he's not going he's not going to just wake you up one day and make you get it. I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't work that way. Yet, you are who he says you are because he made you, he created you, and it's already on the inside of you. But loser is going to tell you, you know, man, I really would like to, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to start my own business, and I'd really like to, you know, own a landscaping business. And, man, that thing's down, and there's no way. There's just absolutely no way. Why? Because you're viewing the desire through loser mentality. So you see yourself as a loser. It's down in your heart because of words that framed your world early on. And listen, the way we know this works is the devil made sure that other people came along and, 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 and uh, solidified that. And, and then when you, didn't, when you didn't make the basketball team at 10 and you didn't get picked for this thing or that thing and, and, and you wanted to be, uh, you know, the, you wanted to be the homecoming queen or king and, you know, you weren't even in the running. Ah, you loser. You're a loser, you're a loser, you're no good, you're not pretty enough, you're not strong enough, you're not athletic enough, you're not this or that. And, and all along, man, here's this enforcing. Where did it start with those words at five years old? Framed you. Boom. Loser. And God said you're a winner. God says you're a winner. God said he created you to win. See? But you can't see that because you sin through loser. So... Thank God we have the word, and thank God we have the Holy Ghost that is not just, that, that we don't just get the word and just a different idea, but we get the Holy Ghost that takes it from our head to our heart, and now in my heart, I've replaced loser with champion. I'm a champion. Huh? I'm a winner, praise God, because God made me that way, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If God be for me, nobody can be against me, and I can trust God with all of my heart because I believe I'm a champion because the Word has changed the way I think. We're dedicated this year for your life to empower you to minister and not just to be a minister. We're equipping you for ministry, not just to be a minister. Everybody's created to minister life. Can you say amen? See, if my destiny is to be 
the, the CEO of Exxon. I'll, I'll take that. If my destiny is to be the CEO of Exxon, then I have the ability and I have the passion to see that come about. And if that's my destiny and I'm renewing my mind and I'm building on the inside of me this desire to help other people fulfill their destiny, then my thing will come to pass. See? If I'm in it to help other people grow up and to mature and to be followers of Jesus. See, we don't don't want to be followers of men. We want to be followers of Jesus Christ. So if I'm a follower, what will I make? A follower. I'll help disciple and establish people to follow Jesus. That's what we're in it for. Amen? But we've got to renew our mind and we've got to change the image of who we are on the inside so that the image of who I am lines up with the image that I was created in. I was created in his image and in his likeness to fulfill his plan and purpose in the earth. Glory be to Jesus. Isaiah 55. Isaiah. Where is Isaiah? Oh, here it is. Well, I was on on the page. I turned right to it. And I was looking for it. How good is that? Uh, Isaiah 55. And verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon him. Verse 8. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For even as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, God, higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, if we will come to God, He will bless us if we'll forsake our thoughts. If we'll learn to shut that mess off. Because he's saying, look, look, your ways and my ways are just not the same. And I'm not coming down to your level and adapting to your ways and to your thoughts. But if you'll make the choice to advance and come up to my level, then your thinking's going to change. And the purpose and plan and the destiny that I had for you will evolve. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to become something. You don't have to become the next American idol. You don't have to be that. See, because you are that. See, 100,000 people try out for American Idol, right? 100,000? Is that right? Come on, somebody. Help me, help me, help me. 100,000? I think. 100,000 people try out for American Idol. And you know how many win? One? Hmm. That's better odds than the lottery. 
one out of 100,000. But in God, everybody wins. <laughs> but, but sometimes it doesn't look like we win. Because the farther you walk with him, there's some things that are required to see some things happen. You got to line yourself up. See, you got to line up your thinking so you can get under the silo and get the dump that empowers you to fulfill what you're created to do. And, and, but if we, don't, if we don't lose our thoughts, that verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So I've got a purpose to get rid of them, but I can't just change them on my own. I've got to come to his place. I've got to come to a new level. I've got to come up to where he's at, and I've got to begin to think like him and have ways like him. How does God act differently than we act? You ever thought about that? How in, in my life, when, when, when something's not working in my life, what, what is it that I'm doing that's not acting like God would act. And I'm telling you, it's real clear in Scripture how God acts. <laughs> he does what's right. All the time. All the time. So i got to know what's right so I can do what's right. But then I've got to be willing to do what's right when wrong comes along. Wrong comes along and dangles it out here, and eh, you know, uh, wrong is easier, and eh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that bad of a wrong, you know. And dangle, 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 whatever. But we learn to we learn to do what is right in Him. See, not what's right. See, if I'm a follower of Jesus, what that means is I'm following after His ways and doing what pleases Him, and so it becomes my choice to do what pleases Him, not me pleasing this guy, that guy, or someone else. It's not pleasing man because we're not becoming followers of mankind. We're becoming followers of Jesus. So that's where we begin to think like him and act like him and do as he does. Amen? So, I'm just going to leave you with one of these, and we'll talk about the others later. But there's three things. I'm just going to give you one, and then I'll be done. But three things that control the self-image of a person. Three things that control the self-image of a person, a person's self-image or their way of thinking. As a man thinks, he's that way. There's three things. And the first one, I'll just give you this, and we'll pick it up from here next Wednesday, is the past. You know what it does? When you're always looking backwards, it paralyzes you. Because backwards, looking back to defeats or things that didn't work out, all it's doing is telling you what's not going to work out tomorrow and the next day and next year. See, the past, there's good things about the past, and we can glean from the past, but we've got to keep looking today and in the future. Because God is now. 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 God's right now. 
And, and, and that, that's, what his, that's where his focus is on right now and in the future. The days ahead. The hours ahead. He's, a, he's in the now. Okay? And that's where we got to look, not back here. And the past will paralyze you from being able to experience what God wants you to experience in the future. That's why the thinking has to change, right? Two verses of Scripture, and I'll end with this. Genesis 19. <clears throat> Genesis 19. And verse 24. 19. And 24. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. That instance right there was the first animated show. Because here stood a woman and whoosh, she was just a little bitty mound of salt. Why? Because she was looking back. And you know what the you know what the command was there? Don't look back. Don't look back. There's nothing back there. We're leaving this place. We're moving out of here. We're bringing all, uh, all that we need to bring out of here. We're doing what God said. Don't be looking back. You look back, you become a pillar of salt. In other words, you become nothing. And what happens is you're not nothing, but in life you become nothing because you're constantly looking back. You know what back tells you? Back constantly reminds you of what you don't have. Did you hear me? Back always is constantly reminding you of what you don't have, what's not working, what won't work. But today and in the future and looking forward and, 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 and looking toward the mark of the high calling that's in Jesus Christ, what that does is it continues to elevate you to levels that you've never been before. And it causes you to see and understand things that you've never understood before. What can happen? Where can you be in your life at the end of 2014 if you change your thinking? And if you, if you allow yourself to be under that silo and receive what God is doing. It's a year of promises fulfilled, promotions being granted, and increase by the Spirit of God to those who are under the funnel and on the receiving end of what God has. Can you say amen? amen. Philippians 3, 13, and I'm done. Philippians 3 and 13, and I'm done. Three things that control the self-image of, I say most people, but I, it, truly all people, if this, is what, if this is what you do, you're constantly looking back. Philippians 3, what did I say? Yeah, and 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Everybody lift your finger up and say one thing. One thing. One thing. One thing. One thing. Not 15, 
Just one. Right? Come on, hold your finger up. One thing. One thing. Tonight, you're leaving here with one thing. Right? One thing. He said, there's one thing that I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So in other words, get rid of the wrong thinking. Hmm? Akuna matata. Right? Leave your past behind you. What's his name? Uh, Pumbaa. What does he say? Leave. What, what is it? Your past is in your behind. Yeah. I like that. But let your past remain in the past. Come on. One thing. Just, just walk out of here tonight like that. This little light of mine. One thing. One thing. Everybody can do one thing. And you know, you know, and we've got the verse of scripture to do it with. Right? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are brand new. Amen. I was playing, I was playing golf with some guys. Um couple of months ago and uh, <laughs> and and, I, and I'd played golf with these guys only time I play golf is when I get around all my buddies that are on the east coast uh, anymore it seems like it's about the only time I play and so I was with these guys and we were playing two days in a row on the same golf course <laughs> and on the day before I was it was I was I was on a par three and there was a big lake in front of the green and I hit my shot, what you call in golf, fat. Took a, too much dirt, and my ball didn't make over the water, and it landed in the water. And so, you know, we were playing for a little cashola. And, uh, and the next day, I'm, pl- I'm playing this guy, and he beat me the day before. So I come up on this par three, and there's the water in front. And so... He starts jabbing me a little. Remember yesterday? Remember what you did yesterday? You dumped it in the water. He said, I think you're going to do it again. I said, you underestimate my ability. Hmm? Old things are passed away. And behold, everything is brand new. And actually, I hit it so good that I stuck it. I mean, almost knocked it in the hole. Literally, almost knocked it in the hole. The group ahead of me saw the shot, and, and they're yelling over his did you hit that shot? I said, dang right I did. <laughs> and they knew, one of the other guys had been with me in the group the day before, and he knew I'd knocked that in the water. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new. Not only did I make that little bitty short putt, I beat the guy. Huh? Don't underestimate the power of God's word. Huh? Listen to me. It'll work on the golf course. Huh? It'll work on your job. It'll work in every way. One thing. 
I'm forgetting, I'm not letting the past dictate my future. Hmm? Man, my kids were little. First time I saw the Lion King, Akuna Matata was my, I mean, if you were in church here, you heard me say it all the time. Huh? Akuna Matata. past is over. I don't care how many mistakes you've ever made in your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't disqualify you from fulfilling the plan that God had for you before you were even thought about. He didn't just draw up some plan one day when he couldn't figure out what else to do with you. Huh? He's got a plan. And we're committed all of 2014 to preach the word and make ministers out of you. Amen? And we're ministering to the city and the state and the nation and the planet. And everywhere you go, you got something to give out. I don't think you have to preach to people. Preaching's underrated. I mean, it's just not what it's all cracked up to be. Living it is what's all cracked up to be. You and I got to be people that are living this stuff, not just talking it. Can you say amen? Father, tonight we thank you. Your word is true. Your word is alive and well on the inside of us. And tonight, Lord, we make commitments as we walk out of this place. One thing, one thing that we do, forgetting the past, focusing on today, looking toward the future, and keeping our eyes on the mark, the mark which is Christ Jesus. Mark, which is the mark, is what Jesus accomplished for us. There are no limitations in our life. Nobody's holding us back. And every word cursed from the past that's tried to limit us and keep us down, we declare they're in the past and they're staying in the past. And we're living in the freshness of today and in the future. Praise God. Father, we thank you for it. We give you all of the praise. And I thank you for the people tonight embracing it keeping their truck lined up under the silo so they can receive all that you have for them in 2014. And we give you all the praise tonight. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, shout amen somebody. Amen.